Hello, and welcome to Rethinking Legal Ops, a podcast by Speed Legal. I'm Ashwari Saxena, and here we talk to legal experts, industry leaders, and innovators about the many ways that legal tech is transforming the way we practice law. First thing first, I would like maybe give the, the word to Matteo and uh, Matteo, maybe if you want to introduce yourself, sure. we can maybe understand what, to, what you do and why you're focused on legal tech. Sure. You know, thank you very much, first of all, uh, and good morning or good evening to everyone based on where, you're, where you are. Um, so as, um, as Giulio was saying, I'm, uh, my name is Matteo Daste. I'm originally from Italy, but I've been based in the Bay Area. I've been in the Bay Area for over 20 years. And, you know, I practice law uh, in the corporate um, field, working with a lot of startups and, uh, you know, early stage tech companies and investors. Uh, I'm a partner at a firm called Oric. It's an international firm. We do all work with, uh, you know, early stage tech companies as well. And, uh, you know, the reason also, um, you know, I'm here is because personally I have a specific interest in legal tech. I think it's part of it is derived from, the fact that I work with startups and I'm, I've been seeing how, you know, technology in general has been disrupting several industries over the years, starting from uh, industries initially associated with, with software products and now, you know, gradually moving into industries that uh, offer, you know, more traditional services and initially, you know, technology has been impacting, let's say, you know, lower, you know, lower skill type services like, uh, um, you know, travel or, you know, customer service or, or things that they don't require as much people input. But then, you know, over, over the, you know, more recent years, we have seen technology scaling up and, you know, as a result of improvements in areas like, you know, AI and, you know, and, you know database uh, processing and so forth. Uh, software products and cloud-based products have emerged uh, uh, also for more sophisticated industries and services. And, uh, and legal is one of them. Legal is probably one of the most difficult services for which uh, technology can apply because uh, there are a lot of uh, issues associated with it. There are you know, privacy issues. There are also accuracy issues. You know? uh, most of the times, you know, 99% is not enough. <laughs> when, when you work on a, you know, on a legal transaction, either it's, it's perfect or... It can't be completed. So anyway, there are a lot of you know interesting applications that have been you know coming up online in the last few years that we have witnessed, and you know I form also my opinions regarding you know what has worked and what has not worked and why, and also where I see you know things uh, developing from an industry standpoint. And so I'm happy to you know tell you more about this issues in today's uh, talk. Thanks, Matteo. So uh, right, right on what, what, what you just said, what do you think is, um, what's your current view on, on the state of adoption of legal tech in the US and particularly in California? I mean, what is the, the most and widely used, used technology when it comes to what you do, maybe at Oric, but also when it comes to the, to the, to the clients that, that you assist? Do they yeah. implement legal tech? What features do they do, do they widely use? Yeah, I think I think you know there is a big suite or array of legal tech products, and ultimately, you know, they apply to either you know operations or different pro uh, 
practice areas. So as part of operations, of course, you know, there's a, and this is not new, there's a lot of software out there that improves, you know, the operations of law firms, anything starting from, you know, uh, building to client management, document management, uh, internal processes, workflows, and so forth. And these, you know, I, I think, you know, they're under the bigger umbrella of legal tech, but they're not necessarily, you know, deep tech solutions or particularly innovative solutions, but they do have, you know, vertical applicability to the legal industry. If we look at true, you know, what I, just, what I define as like a true, you know, legal tech applications from a practice standpoint, then I think the main, the first distinction has to be between, you know, practice areas. And the, the big fork in the road is on one hand litigation and the other hand is the transactional practices. And I think historically, uh, legal tech has been adopted first in the litigation world, you know, starting from, you know, technologies that would, you know, analyze and categorize for example, case law and cross-reference and cross-site uh, uh, resources available, um, you know, to lawyers looking at different archives of cases, all the way into um, going through, you know, uh, large amounts of documents and helping lawyers process, for example, you know, discovery requests. You know, I don't know if anybody here is, everyone is familiar with the U.S. you know litigation legal uh, system, but basically, in the litigation process, there is a big phase called discovery during which the different parties are exchanged a large amount of documents and data, and so legal tech software is widely used nowadays to help lawyers and, and paralegals and staff sort through this large amount of data to extract you know, relevant information out of it. So I think that's a more mature. Um, definitely a more mature um, segment. And, you know, the products, the legal tech products are enterprise grade because the customers are uh, law firms. Then, you know, on the corporate side, there are a lot of different products also there, depending, you know, on the different sub practice areas. I mean, there I've seen startups, uh, for example, tackling areas such as, you know, um, employment law, uh, immigration law, um, family law, you know, automating paperwork for visas, for divorces, for, you know, employment offer letter. So there, there is a lot of that already out there. And, you know, the results are mixed because, you know, the legal industry, for one thing, is a difficult, you know, not to crack. And also sometimes it's not clear if these solutions are enterprise grade or consumer grade, meaning are they targeted to lawyers or are they targeted to, you know, consumers? But in the true, you know, in the true corporate arena, like in the area where I'm, I work, uh, you know, we've certainly seen a lot of different efforts over the years in, you know, in solutions, uh, trying to, you know, automate processes to, you know, generate documents. So you have, for example, startups like, uh, you know, like uh, apart from, you know, LegalZoom, you have like startups like Clerky or, you know, Stripe, App, Stripe Atlas that have automated uh, the generation of, you know, incorporation documents to also, you know, startups like uh, uh, Atrium, that's a startup that actually is no longer in business, that try to also automate uh, uh, additional processes such as, you know, financings. And, you know, the results have been mixed uh, because these solutions, uh, have, you know, they have some of them, you know, like Clerky are more widely adopted, but they've not, you know, in my mind, they've not yet uh, fully 
become as widespread as they could uh, across the industry. And then, you know, there's a whole other segment of, of um, applications that I think, you know, that's the segment in which Speed Legal operates, where, you know, software companies are looking at, um, you know, AI as a way to really extract relevant information in a non-litigation setup. So, uh, you know, uh, parallel to what, you know, Kira might be for um, discovery and large-scale data rooms, you have companies like Speed Legal extracting data from, uh, you know, different subsets um, and, you know, trying to help, uh, um, you know, in-house lawyers or uh, attorneys at law firms to also, you know, make sense out of uh, data amounts. Thanks a lot. This is very, very interesting. And um, please, everyone, if you have questions, um, feel free to write them in the chat here. Uh, or you could just uh, turn on your microphones and we could ask questions. So, Matteo, this, we want to keep this as much interactive as we can. Sharna, I don't know if you had any um, any questions to Matteo. Otherwise, I would have 1,000. So. <laughs> and I'm happy to talk for as long as you guys want about this topic because I'm very interested about it. So. No, same. I, I do have some uh, some questions. Thank you, uh, I'm Very curious to hear that in 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 your um, career so far, how much of a paradigm shift have you noticed in uh, the legal community's uh, attitude towards uh, legal tech and in your mind what have been some of the catalysts is the pandemic and the shift to remote work one of them yeah i mean i definitely think that the cat the look i mean we're all working remote nowadays so we're all you know doing those doing this via zoom from home which you know even like three years ago would have not been the case so definitely you know the pandemic has accelerated adoption of digital tools uh, certainly, you know, communication tools like Zoom, for example, or, you know, uh, um, Google and so forth. On the other hand, I'm, I'm always puzzled by the fact that if you think about it, we're still, you know, communicating primarily via email and we're exchanging documents, uh, uh, prepared on Word. So these are exactly the same tools that I used 20 plus years ago when I started. So that that has not changed yet so i would say that probably in the next few years i would expect that if the, you know the next wave of legal tech might you know might challenge you know these applications and come up with solutions that um, improve the communication processes from you know a document standpoint totally yeah i i would just like to quickly follow up and uh, just going off of that how, how do you see uh, legal teams or law firms that do actively adopt uh, legal tech and innovation and welcome it, how do you think they get more of a competitive edge in uh, today's, uh, today's legal industry over the ones that, that don't? Is this what lawyering of the future would look like? Yeah, I mean, look, I can I give you my personal opinion. There's nothing, you know, not, you know, uh, auric views. I just speak as, uh, as Matteo as an individual. And I think that, um, you know, with that disclaimer, I think that the challenge for, uh, for the legal industry in general is that ultimately, you know, it's a very conservative industry and uh, it's difficult to get, you know, large firms, especially to adopt uh, radically new solutions. Uh, I think firms are open to gradual innovation. And I think, you know, 
certainly here in the Bay Area, the firms that market themselves as the you know tech or more tech, uh, more you know at the forefront of the tech world, those firms have been investing in you know uh, solutions to improve their you know workflows and document generation capabilities. Oftentimes using you know internal resources. Um, so, but you know it is still it's still at an early stage, I think, you know, there's still a need for, you know, better solutions that are more uh, user-friendly and they really address the heart of the problem for, for, for lawyers. My comment is that many times I get to see, you know, legal tech applications that are developed by engineers. And as a lawyer, I appreciate sometimes, you know, how, you know, these applications have a lot of, you know, nice features, but then oftentimes I also see that, they may not have as much relevancy as I need because I know that, you know, in our practice, we need certain things and not others. And so sometimes, you know, a lot of these applications are, you know, good ideas, but execution is not as relevant as, as it could be, you know? So that's, I think that's the limitation in uh, currently. And also I think that, um, you know, that coupled with the nature of law firms themselves and the sort of, you know, conservative, nature of the industry has somewhat limited uh, the speed at which um, applications have evolved. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I do agree. I think there's like a lot of scope for collaboration to sort of co-develop solutions. So, you know, legal tech um, is often seen as this thing, which is you know, trying to replace lawyers when instead we could just optimize, uh, optimize lawyering. And my next uh, question sort of leads into that, where uh, what is your perspective on how legal tech uh, promotes workspace creativity uh, along with efficiency at law firms or in in-house legal teams or just legal teams of any uh, any businesses, um, what would you, for example, have uh, have your junior attorneys do instead of doing hours of doc review and and you know just that long and tedious process? What would you have them uh, focus on instead? Yeah, so I'll answer your question, and there is also a question from Hamad in the chat that will answer next. But as far as uh, um, you know, as far as, you know, collaborative tools, I think uh, definitely that, you know, it could really help teams to have, uh, um, I think, you know, more efficient ways to um, manage information. I think, for example, a company has been, that's been doing a very good job is a company called Carta, uh, which many of you might already know. And they've done a great job, essentially, you know, automating the process of managing you know, cap tables for startups, and then, you know, adding features um, around it that, you know, are going to the directions of, you know, essentially creating, you know, a one-stop shop for, you know, a variety of additional, you know, services and document, you know, processing capabilities. So I think that um, that's ultimately, the, I think that's the direction where uh, the industry is going is towards adoption or reliance on platforms like like that one or cap shares is another one um, that which is um, a service uh, I believe affiliated with the um, long-term stock exchange um, company so I think you know that that's where things um, are going from a you know usability standpoint um, as far as you know Hamad's question which is do you have any recommended platform? to get some ideas in legal tech innovation to start business. 
I think, you know, the, there is an excellent, um, you know, center for, you know, legal innovation at Stanford. So I would recommend if you're interested in these topics, uh, you check them out. And um, they have, you know, they've been holding, you know, an annual conference for the last at least, you know, 10 years. And they've been at the forefront of a lot of, you know, legal tech ideas and projects. So I would encourage you to check the, you know, the, the Stanford, you know, legal innovation um, um, tech program or center. Uh, I also have a question for Matteo, uh, uh, Carlo. Ciao, um, hi, Carlo. <laughs> hi. Good to see you. Uh, good to see you. Definitely. Uh, thank you for so much for, for this. Uh, very, very, uh, a lot of uh, interesting thoughts about legal tech. And I have a question that is uh, puzzling my mind uh, in these days. So now that... Uh, there is this ESG paradigm. Uh, how this will uh, have an impact uh, in the way lawyers uh, are working, will work, and will promote themselves? Um, is there any uh, link between ESG and technology uh, that could be uh, as a uh, good force? Uh, lawyers to to innovate to embrace innovation in another way using technology. Um, and with, with ESG, you mean like this the, the social governance uh, paradigm, basically? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I tell you what what I saw uh, to to make to, make, uh, to give you an example. Mm -hmm. um, there are companies like. Uh, um, um, Ascent Compliance, it's a Canadian company. Uh, they work on uh, the supply chain and they uh, monitor uh, on a regulatory perspective uh, all the uh, elements that, that are used by manufacturer uh, to um, to produce things and they see whether they are allowed or not. Then on the top of that, they uh, offer consultancy. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, uh, the first, the, the, so the, the way they they tackling the the legal industry at the end is to get the information, organize them like the ERP did uh, before with the accounting uh, elements, with the accounting uh, data, and, and then on top they build comp uh, compliance and consultancy over uh, agreements, contracts, mm -hmm. and so on. So I, I, I was wondering whether you see this potential trend and uh, uh, and if it's something just, just limited, it's a niche, or it could be a new paradigm. No, I, I definitely think that's, that's a very interesting trend. And I think that, um, you know, it, it is in, in many ways a natural transition for the industry because uh, on one hand, you know, at the end, as I said at the very beginning, unfortunately, as you guys, you guys who are lawyers know in the legal industry, when you're looking for a legal tech solution, it needs to work, I would say perfectly, or it needs to be accurate. If there are, you know, bugs or errors, so you cannot guarantee accuracy then the solution is it can be maybe helpful in some instances but ultimately it's not going to be uh, always reliable and therefore 
that will limit its uh, applicability and uh, and use. So, and the re the reality, I mean, there is a lot of talk about you know AI, 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 but even today, just talking to my sources, uh, you know, the reality is that we're not there yet where AI can really re replace the the human you know reviewer in a lot of different tasks. So I do believe that hybrid models are probably going to be the next phase. And, you know, if you, in fact, I don't think it's an accident that oftentimes there are, you know, um, come up online, uh, so-called, you know, virtual law firms or like a hybrid sort of, you know, consultancy uh, business models whereby, you know, there is a heavy emphasis on, uh, on technology for, you know, automating certain processes and solutions. I think ultimately, the true, you know, the true driver of change in the industry is going to be economics, and also, and it's going to be driven by the large law firms. So at some point, you know, so long as the large law firms uh, do well and are highly profitable, um, you know, adopting um, legal tech solutions is going to be important, but it's not going to be as a, as critical as uh, you know we you know here we may feel among ourselves who are kind of passionate about the industry but i think ultimately if uh, if there is really a clear evidence that you know the business model is going to be able to do much better you know using you know legal tech tools then there will be wide adoption and i foresee that as as any as it happened in different industries thinking about you know the the accounting and finance industries uh, previously once that gate opens, the adoption will be very rapid. But I'm not sure yet, you know, when that will be. It could be one year out, two years out, five years out. I don't know. I think it's ultimately, you know, an economic, you know, game. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Matteo. And I, had, I just had another question when it comes to tech skills and and tech tech skills that sh that lawyers uh should have so what is what is the current state of of let's say the the education around tech skills and what do what do uh law firms and and corporate legal departments search today in in lawyers is it is it uh, is it enough to just be a lawyer is it enough to, ha to just have legal skills or um do you think do you think this has changed a little bit? Yeah, no, I think that's a very good question. I think you know uh, it has changed. I think there is a uh, an expectation that you know lawyers are more in tune with. At least you know I'm speaking for you know my industry in the corporate world, working with startups. The lawyers are more in tune with at least you know understanding uh, certain concepts so they can relate to clients. But on the other hand, you know there is no you know there's not training of any sort relating to you know coding or anything even remotely closely to that i mean the, the the best level of skills that you can find is basically somebody who is good at you know managing spreadsheets and is able to you know whip out you know um cap tables and you know payment spreadsheets with you know allocations and distribution formulas that's you know ultimately um you know where things are and i think also the other the other point is that you know, law firms ultimately are very specialized companies. So they realize that, you know, the lawyers are best 
at being lawyers and, you know, to the extent that uh, there are technology processes that are required in the practice, then, you know, the law firms hire specific, you know, technical personnel to deal with these uh, aspects, at least, you know, at the large law firm level. So I don't see, I don't see lawyers as a class necessarily, you know, becoming more, more technical or developing a more, you know, technology-focused edge, at least, you know, with, in terms of skills. Uh, but I think they are eager for solutions that can make their life easier, or at least, you know, they can help them be more efficient. So you're saying lawyers will, will continue to, to be lawyers and they, they will be uh, in team and, and uh, completed with other, with our personnel, which is going to focus around legal tech or, or other technical tasks, Yeah, I right? think so. I mean, if, if you ask me also my vision in the future, I think what's going to happen is that uh, certainly no legal tech will, in the future, certainly, possibly, you know, replace or supplement certain, you know, positions sort of at the lower, you know, skill level in law firms. So maybe a lot of functions that are today handled by clerks, by, you know, paralegals and so forth. Like like it's already happening, for example, with CARTA, you know, the management of cap tables, all that work that, you know, 10, 15 years ago was very labor intensive. Nowadays is basically on a, on a cloud-based solution. So I think, you know, what's going to happen is that legal tech will help automate a lot of those processes and so law firms will you know will might require a new class of employees that are more like uh, project managers to manage this type of applications but then lawyers so and lawyers will be really focused on you know um true practice of law so advisory work high level um transactional work versus, you know, spending time, you know, working on spreadsheets. Sharna, you wanted to, yeah. Yeah, Thanks. I just have one uh, last question. I, I have a professor here at Berkeley who ends every class or any discussion with the one question. So ultimately, what are your hopes, dreams, and fears? So I borrow from his style today, Matteo, and I'm, um, I want to ask you, so what is your one hope, your one dream, and your one fear with regard to uh, legal tech innovation today? Okay, so my, my hope is that ultimately, the vast majority of what I do uh, will be uh, replaced by legal tech. Uh, and, the, and the dream is that, in turn, that will enable me to use my time to really focus on, you know, higher level, through you know advisory work, uh, that I think that's what you know lawyers are trained for in law school, and I think that's where you know our time is best spent, and that's where you know also you know our rates are best you know best matched versus you know doing tasks where you know technology could uh, uh, be more efficient, and I think you know maybe the industry might fear that. Uh, it could, uh, in some way, in you know, fashion or form, you know, eliminate positions. But ultimately, you just look at the trend in different industries. And yes, on one hand, maybe some positions were lost over time in certain industries. But then technology ultimately has made the pie bigger for everyone by, you know, replacing some obsolete positions and replacing them with more, uh, with different jobs and different roles. So I think that ultimately, 
uh, I forecast that at some point will happen in the legal industry as well. Awesome. Thank you, Mateo. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. So um, I was wondering if there's any other question coming from, from the audience. Uh, that would be nice to, you know, to keep this, as, as we said, as much interactive as we can. Um, otherwise, uh, I didn't yeah, get the fear. Hans. Sorry. What's the fear for the legal tech? Uh, I mean, my, my, I don't have a specific fear. My fear is that these solutions, if I, if I have to say fear, is that if personally they're not going to be adopted as rapidly as they should. And so that there won't be, you know, there won't be, will be lagging innovation in the industry. And I think industry-wise, there may be a fear that these solutions will disrupt the services and the business models of law firms and uh, by, for example, you know, eliminating some positions in favor of others, um, that might be a fear just by looking at a precedent of the same fear as it played out in different industries in the past. Uh, but I think ultimately it's going to be a win-win situation for everyone because history teaches us that technology may be disrupted in the short term causing you know pain points but ultimately it gives you know it makes everybody better off in the long term the practice of law is changing and we're here for it thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of rethinking legal ops follow us for more such insightful conversations about the transformative impact of legal tech also follow speed legal and let us know in your comments and messages about how you leverage legal tech solutions to make your work more efficient see you next time